Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that deals with all the most important stories in the property world. And today we're delving into a bit of a mystery. How has the prime residential property market thrived in the biggest economic downturn for generations? And where does it go next? I think the, the overriding characteristic of the market in the country just now is a lack of stock. And as quickly as the stock is coming to the market, it is selling. We've been reliant upon the domestic wealth and we can see huge amounts of pent-up demand from international buyers. And it's just logistics that have held that market back. I'm Guy Ruddle and I think it's fair to say that we've got three prime examples of Savile's talent with us today. And in a sign that things might be getting a little bit back to normal, we're all in the studio together. Hello, everybody. I'll introduce you in a moment. But I think this is the first time we've had everybody in the studio since what, early March last year. I should say, by the way, that we've all taken tests in the last 24 hours and, and we're all negative. So we are we are doing what we're, what we're told to do. Let me introduce everybody. Andrew Perrett uh, will be no stranger to regular listeners of Real Estate Insights. He's head of UK Country Residential which basically means everything outside London. Andrew, lovely to see you. Hello, Guy. Thanks for having me back. It's an absolute pleasure. Claire Reynolds is co-head of Prime Central London Sales. Claire, welcome to the studio. Thank you, Guy. Great to be here. And Amelia Green is head of Prime Central London Lettings. And Amelia, this is your, I've done a webinar with you, but not a, a podcast. So welcome to the podcast. First time. Thank you very much. Excellent. So, well, I think I teed it up a bit earlier with with this idea that prime residential property has been doing well despite everything. Andrew, can you just kick us off with a, a, a quick reminder of what prime actually means and a sort of a, a look at what's happened in the in, in the last year? So the prime, we, we define prime as the top 5% by value of the market around the UK. And it, you're absolutely right. It has been an extraordinary at 12 months since uh, we came out of lockdown last May. I don't think any of us could have expected what was about to happen. And for the first time in history, the property market has increased in value and activity terms whilst we're in economic downturn. We haven't seen that before. Yeah, I mean, that is pretty amazing. And is that across the whole property market or just the prime market? It's across uh, the mainstream market and across the prime market. I think it's most pronounced at the prime market and in certain sectors of the prime market. Yeah, so that, that's the key. It, it has be, it's, it's been, you know, rural-led, is that fair to say? I I would say that... Um, Despite there being two London people there, this is a bit London versus the rest, by the way. I think, um, but I'll, let's, let's, let's not <laughs> well, fall out as we go along. I, I'm wedged between two London, London <laughs> agents, so I have to be careful what I say. But um, the story of last year was this move to the country. There was definitely an appetite for people to have more space, to be closer to family... Um, and their view was that they might not need to commute into a city quite as often as they had been previously. So that feels like the story of last year. And so far this year, that lifestyle buyer, um, sees, uh, we've, we've seen very little sign of that interest abating. So before we head into, you know, where we are now and, and, and going forward, let's let's deal with London. And not, not, it's not like it's a patient or anything, but Claire, from on the sales side, uh, what was the last year like for you in, in central London? So the past year has been really interesting. And I'd say there's been two different types of markets. So you've got the more domestic markets, such as southwest London and uh, East London. And then you've got the really central London market, which is heavily based on international buyers. So 
you know, the market as a result of the travel restrictions has been much more domestic-led. So we've been much more reliant upon domestic wealth. And it's been really interesting to see that actually that market has continued. Um you know, if you look at what's happened um, in the first quarter of this year, for example, so um, London on average has increased by 0.6% in terms of that's prime central London. Whereas if you look at the more domestic markets, so let's say southwest London, so the demand for larger family homes with um, with a garden, so they've uh, increased on average by 1.3%. So they've definitely outperformed central London because they haven't had such an impact from the restriction of international travel. And then if you look at East London, for example, such as Clerkenwell, Shoreditch, Victoria Park and Wapping, and they've seen an increase on average of 1%. So in the last and that's quarter, just in the, qu- in the quarter. In the last quarter, yeah. so the first quarter of 2021. So it's been really interesting to see kind of which areas have performed. But ultimately, we have seen a positive return to price growth. Which and activity is, as well. And activity as well, absolutely. Yeah. Amelia, on the letting side, I, I'm, I don't know whether I'm reaching for something here, but you're, what's it been like? Have, have there been people moving out and then renting in London, or somewhere in London as well? Or is, am I just imagining that? The themes are very similar, actually, to uh, what Andrew and Claire have mentioned. We had a bit of an exodus early in the first lockdown, as Andrew mentioned, space, outside space, space to work from home, not needing to be by your office. And then in central London, places like Canary Wharf, Westminster, there was no one about. The offices are shut, no one there, no one needing to be by their offices. And so we were literally moving existing renters or people holding out for the sales market. A lot of domestic movement, no international travel. And that that was a sort of holding pattern um, for quite a lot of last year. Let's look look at a few different themes and sort of pick up, if we can, on this, you know, falling in love with the country again theme. I mean, I think you hinted at it, Andrew, but as we come out of the pandemic, I'm not going to say out of lockdown, I think more generally out of the pandemic and back to, maybe back to or forward to a more normal life. Are you still seeing this sort of increased demand for, for, for the country lifestyle and the like? We are, Guy, and I think I should say that it feels like this movement to the country was always going to happen, but the COVID situation has accelerated that. You know, the value gap between London and other parts of the UK was so great, people were starting to look around the country anyway. The event of the pandemic has accelerated that and has led us to reassess our lifestyle choices. So these lifestyle buyers are showing no sign of abating around Easter time and around the time of, of um, His Royal Highness's funeral um, in April, we did think, gosh, as it got a little bit quieter, it's picked up again. And we're, we're, we are consistently getting about 60 to 70% more new buyer registrations than we were when we compare ourselves to 2019, which is a, really? is a, is a, is a better comparison. But I think the new story in 2021 is the rise of the regional city. Okay. We've seen great movement to some of the, the, the regional cities of the United Kingdom. Let's talk a bit more about that in a minute. But just before, because I want to just sort of pick up on what you said about the, the, a big rise in, in inquiries and the like. What about stock? You know, I mean, you know, uh, the, there aren't there are only so many houses out. I mean, I know more being built, but in the prime market, they aren't really. And so... So what's happening to the, to, to, the, to the supply side of things? I think the, the overriding characteristic of the market in the country just now is a lack of stock. 
Um, and as quickly as the stock is coming to the market, it is selling. So it's no surprise that we've seen some price growth as, as a result of that. I think the good news for buyers uh, is that there's more stock coming. I think as the vaccination programme accelerates, people are more comfortable about having estate agents in their property and more comfortable out, about having strangers in their house to, 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 to buy it. I, I think... If you are in an older generation and you are downsizing, there has been a reluctance to sell in the last few years. But still many unanswered questions for Brexit. There are reasons not to put your house in the market. In the country, the market was probably best described as quiet until that point. But now there is a real chance that you're going to not only sell your property, but sell it quickly and sell it for a good price. Does that dislocation last for a long time, do you think? Or does it, is, is there a point at which that, that'll all, all even out? Or is, is the world of estate agency uh, all about constant dislocation between supply and demand? I mean, we, there, there is a, a disconnect between supply and demand. The demand is exceeding the supply. So we have seen price growth in the last few months. Um, the level of price growth that we've seen um, is quite significant. And as more stock comes to the market, there's going to be a rebalancing. And I suspect we're not going to see the growth accelerate at the same rate. However, it does feel like prices in the country have hit a new level. Remember, before this pandemic, there were still parts of the United Kingdom that were 15% less, achieving prices 15% less than they were in 2007. So, it was starting from a very low base. We have some some significant price growth. And as more stock comes to the market, that may slow down a little. Let's look at what's going to happen in London, Claire. In your market, in the sort of prime London market, what do you see happening over the next few months and what's going to drive it? Uh, so the, the, ultimately, the biggest driver is going to be international travel because you know, we've as I said earlier, you know, we've been reliant upon the domestic wealth and that market, and we can see huge amounts of pent-up demand from international buyers, um, and it's just logistics that have held that market back. So, you know, in lack of international travel has held it away from actually being able to come into London and, and transact. So, you know, with hopefully, for everyone's sake, that international travel will open up, and that's going to be our biggest driver. So, on the assumption that that will happen, we're forecasting on average a 3% growth in pricing over the next um, second half this year, um, and then a 7% growth in the um, in the next year. So that's you know, a 10% growth over the next 18 months based on, on the international travel coming back to some extent. And do you think there'll be a, an element of, of people wanting... Uh, the same, the, the sorts of things that, that other people are moving to the country for, like sort of an extra bit of space to have an office or a bit of outside space or a, a water view or, or, or you know, all these things and, you know, 20 million quid to, to spend or whatever. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, touching on what, what Andrew said earlier, you know, we've all definitely reassessed the way we live and there's been a big shift towards self-sufficiency. So, you know, people want their homes to be more self-sufficient. So, for example... Anyone buying an apartment at a certain price point, and again, we're talking about the prime market here. You know, if you can buy into a building that has a pool, a gym, concierge, it's got all the facilities there, and you don't actually need to step out of your home to achieve that lifestyle, then that's massively in demand now, more so than ever. And then also, if you look at, if you do want London living, but you also want to try and you know, feel like you've got that that kind of country um, lifestyle as well, then 
you know, people's um, desire to be near a park has suddenly risen to their number one priority, whereas it used to be proximity to tube station. And in terms of the premium that people are prepared to pay, so on average, they're prepared to pay a 15.3% um, price premium for being 100 metres to a park. And that jumps up to 28.1% to be 50 metres wow. close to a park. Wow. So you can really see the impact and the desirability of it. Yeah. And, and I mean, on, sorry, you were going to say on the letting side, do, do you have similar dynamics or other specific dynamics that, that are apply to your part of the world? Well, walk to work, walk to school is in prime central London now. The schools are back full time is um, a big demand and more so in the likes of Kensington and Notting Hill. Mm. And the the international thing, does that apply to you as well? That the, uh, when, when international travel gets going, your market gets stronger? Because we deal with so many international tenants and so corporate relocation. Last year, I mean, at one point we were dealing with 20% of normal demand um, at any given month through most of the year. Um, but it's almost back to 100%. So normal activity for this time of year. And we've seen a kick since um, Boris's last announcement. I think we've seen a kick of 43% in corporate relocation. Really? But all throughout last year, the messaging from um, the corporates we deal with and relocation agents was that all this relocation into London was on hold, not cancelled, but on hold, which is great news. We've talked a lot about London, we've talked a lot about the country, and Andrew mentioned earlier this sort of the idea of the rise of the regional city. Uh, sounds like a, a, a really bad movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're definitely <laughs> not going to get part two of that. Um, what do we mean by that? You know, uh, w- w- what are we talking about? I think not everybody wants to move to the country. Not everyone is ready to make the transition from moving from a city out to the sticks. Um, and I think in the last few months, we've seen cities like, and starting uh, in the north and working way down, Glasgow, Edinburgh, York, Manchester, Bristol, Bath, performing incredibly well, where people still want all the trappings of city life, but the pool, the gravity pool, is coming to move closer to family or perhaps move to where they were from originally. So th- those cities um, have seen great buyer demand, uh, stock levels dropping and some significant price growth. And is it the same as uh, what Amelia and Claire were saying about, you know, proximity in those cities, proximity to park or or whatever? I, I think it is. Uh, I think it's more the, the, the desire to get closer to family. So if you've lived and worked in London for a long time, you've built up equity, wealth in your property, um, it does feel like now is a good time to release some of that equity and buy a property which may be where you're originally from, closer to family for grandparental support, and you get a lot more value for, yeah. for, for money. So people are using their wealth and taking it further out to, to other cities. It is the desire to be closer to the, that grandparental support or vice versa, actually, grandparents selling up to move to a city to be closer to their children and grandchildren. So uh, we'll come to the uh, several standout stat in a minute, which we, obviously we, we, we always do on uh, Real Estate Insights. But before that, just just one last thought, uh, Andrew, perhaps to you first of all. Um, you know, there is talk about the property market being in a, in a bubble, including the, the, the prime market, and that this has got to burst at some point. It, uh, you know, and we've talked about how positive it is for the last 50 minutes or so. What do you, what, are, are you worried about that? 
it do, it doesn't feel like we are looking at a cliff edge scenario. I think there are different factors at play here than previous purple patches in the property market. And first of all, the market is underpinned by low interest rates. Now that might change, and I think inflation is going to be key. If inflation becomes an issue, we might see interest rates rise. But at this point in time, there's no sign of that. And I think we need to remember that London is a different point in the cycle than the country. It feels like London is in May 2020 and and, and they are on the increase. In the country, there is no sign of this slowing down yet. Uh, And inevitably, the rate of growth might slow um, as more properties come to the market. But the fundamentals would suggest that this is going to carry on for, for some time to come. We're, we're definitely in a needs-based market now for lettings. No, uh, no discretionary market anymore, and that means there's no deals, COVID deals to be done. We're achieving over-asking price in a lot of cases. We're definitely, as Andrew said, a different point of the cycle because you know, we've still got a significant sector of our market that isn't transacting yet, and that's ready and waiting to come over. I do think that the arrival of international buyers is only going to accelerate the momentum in London. I also think it will give a second wind to the market, the very prime end of the market in the country. And let's remember the prime markets are rich with equity at the moment. Yeah. And actually, so international buyers, typically, you know, if you look at central London, you know, we can see up to, you know, from some of our offices, you can see up to almost 80% of their buyers are cash. So going back to what Amelia was saying about, you know, it's much more of a needs-based market in, in lettings, actually on the sales side, you know, typically those international buyers are heavily um, discretionary. So I think there's quite an interesting yeah. dynamic across the different markets. Time for the Savile stand-up visit. We've got to crack on. We haven't got much. Claire, I think you've got to go and do a deal, haven't you? You've got to, you've got to go and actually do some work in a, in a, in a minute. <laughs> don't, so, don't sound too surprised, guys. We do that every day. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no, no that, that's, that, that's fair enough. Anyway, to, it's a very good point. So the Savile stand-up statistic, you've all got a little something for us, a little sort of nugget of information or something that'll just shine a bit of a light on the market. Uh, let's go left to right from, from me. So, Amelia, what is your Savile stand-up stat? Well, the market is back. The rental market is back. Last few weeks, our offer bank is up 54% in London and 24% in the country. Wow. That's a lot, right? It is significant, yes. Yeah. And and the stock levels we have, the property we have to let is not matching that. Wow. So there'll be some competitive bidding. Oh, Exciting like of, times. Yes, like a bit of competitive bidding. Andrew, what's your stat? So my standout stat relates to the country house market. I think that's the market that's performed best and particularly above £2 million. So um, for Country houses priced at over £2 million. We've seen growth of about 9% in the year to March. And uh, I think that the demand and supply imbalance that we're seeing right now is going to underpin underpin prices for the rest of this year. I think that country house market's still got legs in it. Claire, what's your uh, Savile standout stat for us? Uh, I would be posing the question, when's a good time to buy? And I would say if you're looking to buy in prime central London... Uh, bear in mind, prices are on average still 20.5% down from the peak of 2014. There's still significant discounts out there compared to the peak, yet all areas of London have started have returned to price growth. So you, I think we can comfortably call the bottom of the market. So in terms of confidence, is now a good time to buy, then yes. Um, and there's a very exciting window now to make the most of that before the wave of money comes over internationally. 
You heard it here. Claire has called the bottom of the market. Great stuff. Listen, thank you all so much for, for, for being here, specifically, for, particularly for being here, that we're all together again. I, I'm, I'm confident that, like the, yeah, I'm confident like the, the property market, uh, that this is a sign of, of us getting back to normal. That's it for this episode of uh, Real Estate Insights. If all that's done is got you thinking and you want to explore more, you'll find plenty to keep you occupied in the latest Prime UK Residential Report, which you can find on the research section of the Savills website, savills.co.uk forward slash research. Thank you very much for listening. See you next time. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. Savills accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of, reference to or reliance on this podcast or its content. Savills makes no warranty as to the accuracy of the information in this podcast. This podcast and all copyright in this podcast is the property of Savills and it shall not be used, reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without Savills' prior written consent.